0: episode or session of the kick Pod dojo i am your host slash sensei tj williams here to give you the insider of my martial arts experience as well as highlighting certain martial arts based subjects from movies tv shows certain actors uh certain martial arts situations or maybe the martial arts style <clears throat> all right this week's episode i'm we're going to discover the learned difficulties of students we teach now when it comes to teaching you know it's kind of a problem it's kind of a should i say uh kind of a difficult situation i should say um well yeah difficult but um uh hard working situation but yet rewarding because really you're out there to touch young hearts especially little kids starting off in martial arts so basically we're going to break down the word learning difficulties. So, simply learning is studying to gain knowledge, or pretty much the ability to gain knowledge. And of course, difficulty is basically <clears throat> hard to learn or understand. So, if you put those words together, it's the inability to learn or understand to gain knowledge. Okay, right, so basically, that's the things that we deal with in martial arts. And, um, of course, this subject aims to all ages. Uh, the most affected by this is children and teens. Because, you know, they still are really suffering. Don't They don't know any better. Mostly kids around six, they don't know any better. All right, so basically, children with learning difficulties tend to have a longer journey through martial arts than the journey of teens and adults, both depending on how, minors, how minor or major the difficulty is. So when you think about learning difficulties, there's three types of learning difficulties, physical, attitude, and mental. So I'm gonna start with physical. So, cause, because physical is like half the concept of martial arts. I mean, there's long range, and there's short range or short short terms to be exact. Uh, so long-term gears are toward how physically fit a student is. Of course, a child won't have an understanding of this as a, as a teen and adult was. Well, mostly <clears throat> having the inability to be physically fit is due to not doing it regularly, obesity, or maybe both going through my notes here and when you think about it it's like to analyze it me for example you know i never amounted to being physically fit although i had the skills and the commitment to karate karate chain you know as far as learning techniques as far as far as learn techniques but just doing exercises like push-ups and running I feel nowadays I should have um, amounted to physical fitness more back then, compared to, you know, being physically fit now. I mean, staying and staying commitment, committed. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely when you think about, it, there's two sides of building physical structure of students. You know, or should I say, there's two kind of personalities. There's a, just a child side, and there, there's the there's the teen and adult side of it. So basically with kids the way you think to build their physical ability you know, minimum reps, minimum reps of um, certain exercises, you know go for 5 to 10 reps of an exercise you know, short warm up and the idea is to build them little by little, you know, for example, first training for 6 year olds 3 to 5 reps is probably the best to go when, the, when you're teaching, you're teaching them how to do it right and having them do it versus having them do it wrong and hurting themselves. So, usually, when I teach in a six-year-old class, you know, I don't, sometimes I kind of do Tabata, which is 20 seconds to 10 seconds rest. It's like you, you're having them doing 20 seconds of an exercise and, and that's it. I mean, pretty much trying to build up not only their like understanding exercise and, or at least building up of how to do exercise right, but kind of building up their endurance. You know, kids have a lot of endurance, and you know, especially when you're dealing with kids that like to run around or, or just into sports. All right, so you, definitely you got the kids, and then of course you got the teens, which is um half kids, half adults. You know, start a minimum, then challenge them to go past. The minimum rep so you're taking them past their limits you know for teens they're at the age where competitive motivation is a factor you know mostly if they're playing sports likely they're they'll get though you'll get those students to go beyond what you ask for all right and then of course adults same as teens but with caution you know, bones, joints, and ligaments tend to wear out. So depending on how well taken care of the student is, they might be in shape as a youth, but as they get older and haven't stayed in shape, it's physically active, you know, injuries tend to, tend to build up. You know, really, you end up having, like, knee injuries, and then, of course, you end up having shoulder injuries, and then, of course, you get ligaments tear, teared, muscle tear. So that's the thing to be careful with um, with um, adults when it comes to learning um, learning difficulties. And yet, that brings me to another subject, injuries. That's a, a short-term difficulty. You now, this gears are toward injuries that occur during training. You know, the thing with training is that we teach people how to do the technique right in order to make sure they avoid injuries and, you know that's what most things happen with students you know it's the, it's the instructor's responsibility to, to properly teach students how to do the technique the right way but you know on the other side of the coin students are responsible to train themselves physically to do the technique the right way which means Proper exercising and eating to fuel the body to great health. You know, what most kids, you know, when you analyze this, kids get injured. Getting injured during training is uncommon, but likely to happen. And training kids' proper, proper technique is harder than teaching, training adults. No, let's face it kids have a lot of energy than adults. Example, telling them to slow down. I mean, when you're teaching kids, you know, what they want to do, they want to go things real fast, and they got, they don't understand that they have to slow down to perfect their technique. Uh, th- of course, to adults, you know, you know, most adults have that, 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 should I say, kid mentality, and, you know, they just go through it too fast, but, you know, that's either how they r- were raised, or they never have anything to amount to, so they think they're they're, they're gonna really try to change, and then, or at least try to do something new, and then they think they can go ahead, and which brings me to yet another learning difficulty: attitude. Attitude, pretty much, is like, other other than having a physical attributes in martial arts, it's having a decent attitude making makes significant difference in your performance. You know, the learning difficulties of attitude that affects students student training and performance is overconfidence and poor commitment and effort so those are the two types of attitudes that you deal with with students all right so so i'm gonna go over overconfidence you know that's the that's a big word right there when it comes to martial arts or pretty much anything like sports or pretty much everyday life people act overconfident you know the one thing that Bruce Lee once said the usefulness of the cup is his emptiness so a lot of people have a lot of don't a lot of people out there have a hard time knowing what that quote means you know Bruce Lee said that years ago the useful the usefulness of the cup is his emptiness so roughly to make it simple it's being humble. That's what it means, you know, you're an empty cup willing to drink anything, really to try anything. You have an empty cup, you know, you go to, should I say, a restaurant with uh, an empty cup, or should I say, a, a cup that's already full, and yet they have water. You're basically telling them, you know, my there's no point buying your water, wasting my money buying your water when I have my own. So that's pretty much overconfidence. It's like you're kind of saying that that um, I'm more my water is more confident or my water is more better than yours, or I know what water tastes like. So basically, that's overconfidence. It's like you're it's drinking out of a bottle of water already filled with water versus using an empty cup and having others fill it for you fill it up for you so basically that's how it is with people that are overconfident you know just to understand something you know everyone has their own flavor of water so simply you can't simply you can't you simply you can't say always say water tastes the same you know definitely that's something that you you know kids will have no idea that they're acting overconfident you know that's why kids would talk a lot in class because they're beginners. It's they're beginners in life skills, you know. Things should be carried out at home before they should at least go into like us, like course, go to school or go to sp- like sports or any other activities. You know, this has to be carried out at home and help them understand that, you know, when they're in a certain place that they have to be humble. But, you know, definitely things, most things that happen at home really, like, blocks their chances of learning how to be humble. All right. So, however, you know, with adults, no, adults are more understanding. And you'll have that one person in a group who assumes that they're they're, they're they're, there to know it all and forget to be humble. You know, being humble is a major concept of learning. And if you can't find it convenient to... If you can't find it convenient to open your eyes and ears to knowledge, then you'll be in the same place every time. You know, being humble is part of the discipline that martial arts offers and that builds confidence. You know, you never know how many times people would say... They already know how to do it already, but, you know, they end up doing it terrible and um, and they act like they could be ahead of the class. So this is the thing that really bothers me with overconfidence. You know, you know, the term I learn is keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut. I mean, really, you know, it's not one thing. It's not fair to other students that are here to learn versus you thinking that you deserve all the attention and you have to be overconfident and you say, forget everybody else in class. I want to move on. You know, that's what gets people put in the same place. That's the thing. You know, I'm there to learn. And the last thing I need is my time to be wasted. When you got some person thinking that they are going to be overconfident and just like say, I'm better than you. You know, yeah, maybe you could be better than somebody, but, you know, there's always that one person that could beat you. So don't think that you can be like the big shot or the know-it-all and and you forget that you're, you're humble and you end up not hurting yourself, but hurting people that, you know, not care about you or they don't like being put, like, in the bottom or should they think they put below you. Pretty much that's what they let say. Alright, so that's overconfidence. So now I want to talk about the opposite of overconfident, Poor commitment as well as effort. Now the student fails to put effort into their training. Either they don't know how to do it or they don't care to do it. And mostly the lack of commu- commu- commitment and effort is due to couple things three things you got class attendance you know not coming to class the the amount of times per week to learn what is required for your next level that's the thing that we deal with you know in my in my school or should i say when i had school i mean we were required to go twice a week we had to go for regular class and practice class and really with kids You know, I can't tell you the amount of times, pretty much from six to six-year-olds to like, let's say pretty much a teenager, you know, you're required to go to regular class and practice class. And, you know, with kids, parents never take that commitment to bring their kids to practice class or the kid never tells the parents that they need to go to practice class. And that's, that's the thing, you know, class attendance is always important. You know, you have to be there to learn for your next level. You know, for me, I mean, being a fourth degree, I don't have to test physically anymore. But however, I still go to class because um, I want to keep myself physically fit and keep myself up, a date, up to date with changes. Because, you know, I'm an instructor. If something changes and then it's. Talked about in the class And I miss it And I end up teaching the kids The old way of doing it And then next thing you know when they test Like for say red belt And they're being tested by the grand, the Master instructor And I'm told that It's wrong because I Didn't go to class Or I didn't, under, didn't know So that's the thing Class attendance is really Important being there and, of course, that's only one of them. And then, of course, the next one, you got being told many times to show effort. Now, other than being in class, effort is always a big must. It's a big must. You have to give effort at all times. Regardless if you think you're not doing it right or you're you, you think you don't need to do it. Effort is always a big must when you're stepping to class. Either for 45 minutes, an hour, half an hour, your effort always matters. It's not about just being physically effort; It's about how much heart you got. I mean, you going into a sport or activity, you're going in there with heart and confidence. And you really are putting everything that you got in your training. So showing effort is always a big must. You know, you know, but really just to the put it in an perspective. You know, you know you're coming from school or from a full time job. You know, yeah, I work eight hours a week. You know, I wake up, get, like really geared up, not gonna want to go to work. But you know, going to karate kind of is a relief from your everyday life. And, you know, everything. You know, I'd rather be going out there and doing activities versus sitting. Sitting around, acting all um, drained and everything. I just want to at least get my mind off of, like, my everyday life. And then, of course, tomorrow I feel better. So that's the thing about being active. It's like you want to put, show effort in everyday life. You know, either before work, during work, and after work, you want to show effort. You know, you want everybody to know that you're uh, all right, right? That you're not down and out. I mean, the only time you're down is you're going to sleep at night. But, you know, most people never get that opportunity because, you know, they never go to sleep until, like, least late. And, you know, they're just not there. And another thing, the scourge of not getting it right. You know, how many times that the mostly poor... A commitment effort is like not getting it right it's like they can't get the technique right and then they shut down it's like you're telling them it's like you're telling them many times of how to fix it or you know the wrong thing for an instructor tell them tell a student it's like you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong it's and then yet you don't show them it's like you should say like yeah you're doing fine so there's a better way you can do this you know like for a front kick, for instance, the main thing that kids like to do is kick up when they're doing a front kick, and a front kick is going straight forward. You're kicking towards the solar plexus, that's your target. And, You know, kids text, kids text, kin- tec- uh, excuse me, kids tend to kick up when they're doing a front kick. And you know, I tell them, you know, they've got the idea, but now it's. Now you can, let's try this. Bring your knee to your chest. You know, you want to kick with the ball of the foot. And when you kick with the ball of the foot, you know, that's the weapon. You want to kick straight. So you want that knee to be uh, you're up to your chest for you, your ball, the ball of the foot to go in that position aiming for that sore And all you got to do is just push. I tell that's a front kick. That's a push kick. You're not kicking the football. I mean, you want to kick towards the plexus, and, you know, you want to aim for your target. So, really, that's pretty much another. That's all the attitude. It's like the attitude of really that affects some students, like the learning difficulties. And then, of course, lastly, you got the mental learning difficulties, which involves mental disabilities. You know, a lot of kids deal with this. I mean, the most difficult people that you're that has the learning difficulties are people with mental disabilities. You got people with um, a- ADHD, a hyper uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADD, uh, attention deficit disorder, or you got Asperger's, uh, autism. Uh, so people that has Down syndrome, uh, people have to deal with. That's the people you have to deal with, um, or should I say the kids that you have to deal with that has that condition. But you know, really, that's um, And what also, other than having physical, uh, mental disabilities, and you know, people that are get mentally damaged mostly from um, what happens at home or what happens in school, you know, they get mentally damaged, thinking that they're not good enough, or they overthink it. You know, you get students that deal with that. And of course you got um well let me start with um how kind of to counter I kinda of analyze the mental disabilities. No, you got somebody that has attention attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or somebody with uh ADHD. You know, you know, you know that one thing they're gonna be hyperactive. They're not gonna they're not gonna stop moving. So I know that's a difficult thing, especially with six year olds. Well, I can't. I can only relate because I was uh, a kid with um attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You know, I had to take medication, take counseling. You know, it's tough, tough deal. But you know, it can be overcome. You can't outgrow your condition, but it can be overcome. It's a matter of you just understanding what you need to do in order to um to conquer the situation course uh yeah so when you're dealing with somebody with attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder i mean yeah you want to keep them moving but also you want them to understand that they want to stay focused and you know the one thing that that you fear for when you got somebody with um adhd is that um they get so hyper that there's there's a possibility they might hurt themselves so really you always got to tell them to slow down but you know you also got to keep an eye on them. Usually I have a student that has that condition. I have them in the middle so I can keep a good eye on them. And I can keep keep them away from everybody else. Yeah, because, um, you know, you get so hyper, you know, you end up knocking into somebody. That's the worst thing. Uh, so that's somebody with mental disabilities that you have to deal with. But when you got somebody that's mentally damaged... Which means they or so say they come from a home where you know the father or the mother is either divorced or you got the father that berates them, you know you deal with students and then they get they mentally shut down because you know'cause what their father tells them, and you know all I gotta say is that if a father tells their kid that they're an idiot or they're no better, then that father is. It's no good, I mean, a deadbeat I mean, really, you gotta love your kids, no matter what If you're going, if you're down and out But you know, you got those parents that Really grew up on the wrong side of the tree You know, really You know, I can't can't say my father wasn't always around I mean, but he was there when I needed them, When I needed him And he still does it but you know, I'm you no. Know, I was growing up with a single mother. You know, two siblings. But you know, I grew up very well. You know, being able to, my like, handle situations. You know, and not be able to like blame, blame what's my condition, on the fact that I don't get far enough. But you know, that's that's how martial arts is. You know you're trying to conquer these mental conditions in order for them to progress in martial arts, and you know it's a difficult thing, but it's rewarding when they overcome it, and that's the thing that's really essential. Also, another essential thing, martial arts. You want to have the mental ability. That's half of the concept of martial arts. You no, know, have have other have physical concept, you have a mental concept. Oh, all right, so kind of reviewing so you got your three your three um learning difficulties you got physical attitude and mental so really that's your three difficulties you deal with so of course when you're doing martial arts or any kind of type of sports think of those three um three um, difficulties learning difficulties you know that's doesn't doesn't mean you have to like do things physically but, you know, you're moving around and you're constantly getting to move it, move, move around. So pretty much that's the whole concept of um, learning difficulties. All right. OK, so um, that was that's it for my episodes. You know, I'm out there trying to find some guests. and some more subject to talk about. So definitely feel free to. Go on my um, YouTube, or should I say my YouTube channel. Well, I have a YouTube channel. I'll be posting uh, certain things on there. Like, I'm probably going to do, like, a, am going to film a show there sooner or later. But, you know, there's also my Instagram page and my Facebook page. So, make sure you follow my Instagram page as well as um like my Facebook page and also... Um, listen to my previous episodes on BICBPradio.com, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll be back next week for another session here at the KickBot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out. And I'll see you next time. probably thinking, who is this talking and what is it for? Well, I'm here to let you know that. My name's Anthony, and I'm the host of the Vinyl Divers podcast at the BICBP Network. On Vinyl Divers, I like to break down my favorite albums, listen to vinyl, and most importantly, talk music. Whether it be a classic rock album one week, and then a deep dive into some punk history the next, one thing that's certain is we're always going to have a good time. So hit subscribe, dim the lights, and let's get tired.